your friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at Three underway. Hope you're doing well, wherever you might be. Going to be a gorgeous Wednesday here in November. Coming up a half an hour. David Till joins us. Time now, though, for the Roth Report here on BDST. From the talk of the New River Valley WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now, along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, current ESPN broadcaster, and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. And good morning, William. How are you, my friend? Man, it's nice to be with you today. How are things? Oh, okay, man. Not bad. Weather makes it a lot better. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) A lot going on, and uh, my goodness gracious, um, big week for Virginia Tech football this week. Well, now at least we know the math, right? The Hokies are in Boston on Saturday for a noon game. And they're going to need to win two of their final three games to be bowl eligible. Now, what's interesting is there are, as you look at it today, Rick, they're not going to be enough bowl eligible teams. <laughs> right. And then you've got a club like James Madison that's 9-0 and that has to throw a Hail Mary this week to try to get to a bowl. Because <laughs> right. the NCAA says because of their reclassification to FBS, they're not eligible for a bowl mm-hmm. game. Anyway, we know the Hokies need to win two of three, and this will be a great chance to to do that, at least try, in Boston on Saturday at noon. You know, I've been meaning to ask you about that, too. Let's say they fall one game short of six. Would they, if they got one of those five and seven invites, because there's going to be some that are going to be distributed, do you think they would accept it? That's a question, I think, for Coach Pry and Whit Babcock to answer. Yeah. The, uh, the bottom line is as of today, now things can change, right? Because, you know, it's only the second weekend in November. Right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be enough teams to fill all the bowls. Right. Yeah. 80-some teams. It's just ridiculous how far we've gone down the bowl line. I know you like it, though, right? It's TV. It is a TV event. I get that part of it. 
I do get that point. Well, I think it's good for the players. So if you look at it from a player standpoint, you know, it's a unique experience for the guys. And, you know, basketball teams get to go to Maui and the Bahamas and go to these tournaments and spend more than one day. And bowl games get that for players. Most teams are never going to sniff the playoffs. So if you get to a bowl game, it's a reward for a season. And, yeah, from a television standpoint, as we've discussed many times, and, and you can find these numbers online, look at any December bowl game television rating and then look at, I don't know, regular season men's basketball games. Mm-hmm. Look at regular season WNBA games, right? I mean, the the think think of a of a goofy bowl in Boca Raton on a Wednesday. Well, more people are going to watch that than just about any regular season ACC men's basketball game other than Duke Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a sponsor, you like the bowl games. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Tech zero and four on the road, and Coach Pry is just one and nine. Why do you think there's such a discrepancy? How this team performs at home and away? Well, number one, they clearly play better at home, right? They're most teams are like that, right? They play better in front of their home crowd. They're more fired up. But Coach Pry said something really interesting after the game in Louisville Saturday, and again yesterday, talking about toughness. That Louisville had the toughness that we showed against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. That Louisville had the toughness that we need to play with on the road. That Louisville came out from the very first snap, Rick, with the attitude of we are going to dominate you. And we are going to hit and attack. And they did really on both sides of the ball. And I don't know. And I asked Mike on uh, Mike Burnup on Level 7, our podcast, was Tech intimidated? Were they scared? You know, the stadium wasn't full. Right. I, I just think that they need to come out with the mindset of, yes, there is no enter Sandman. We're not at home. The crowd's against us. But we can still perform at a high level and be tough. Because if you look at it, Rick, Tech was down 22 nothing at Florida State before it got a first down. And then cut it to 22-17, right? Mm-hmm. They were down 17 nothing at Rutgers before they got a first down and then cut it to a one-score game. And then last week at Louisville, the same type of thing. Right. It was fall behind, fall behind by two scores, and the Hokies have zero first downs and minus six yards. And you're like, I thought we were over this. Because it has not happened at home. And maybe it's a – that's a good question for a coach or a psychologist. Yeah, Absolutely. Because the the difference, it's not like, well, they're kind of close. I mean, they were dominant in those three home games. Now, they've played really good teams away from home. Like, if you look at Rutgers, they were really good. They're 6-3, they're and three, but they were really good against Ohio State. And obviously, Florida State and Louisville are both really, really good teams. That are, and they're doing that to a lot of people. You know, Louisville's really good defensively. And... I mean, they're good offensively, too. They're averaging 42 points a game at home. But the way they pursue the ball, the way they hit, the way they swarm, the way they're schemed, uh, Jeff Brom is a really good coach. He won at Purdue. It's his first year in our league, and you can see what he's doing. I mean, remember last year, Purdue won the Big Ten West, Mm -hmm. right? So he's used to winning. He's got his system. He's got his coaching staff. It's the same thing that – you know, kind of like when Buzz Williams came to Virginia Tech, there, there, there was no real growth. He brought everybody with him, and they just have kept up where they left off at Purdue. So I think Louisville, as we discussed back in August, they've got a chance to be 
you know, at least have a great, great record, but they're a really good football team too. Do we look at the Tech team now as just kind of an average team, but still better than last year, you think? Well, clearly they're they're good enough to beat bad teams at home. Yeah. Right? We've, they've proven that. But they're not good enough to go on the road against the top teams in our league and win. So they're middle of the pack in the ACC, which is better than last year. Yeah, right? it is. For sure. It is. So there's an improvement. And, and again, nobody has won in Louisville or at Tallahassee this year. So... That's a AP level class, so to speak. Right? That's yeah, a really right. tough challenge, <laughs> and and that's okay. I mean, Notre Dame didn't win at Louisville. Uh, no one's won at Florida State in the last couple of years. So I think that there needs to be a little bit of improvement on the road, and that's what these, you know, the game in Boston this week and the game in Charlottesville in two weeks will give us a chance to see: can this team take the next step? BC's won five in a row. They're a solid team, but I don't know that they're in Florida State or U of L's league at the moment what is it about bc yeah because early on they looked like one of the worst teams in the league and boy coach halfley's got them playing well and has to do a lot with that guy that brent pride talked about a lot yesterday at quarterback doesn't it <laughs> castellanos is a really interesting player you know coming out of high school in georgia he was recruited in fact florida state offered him as a running back and he said coach norvell said i think you're a great athlete i think you might be a cornerback for us if you're not on offense but you would be an elite running back for us at Florida State. And he said, I, I like the Knowles. I want to be a quarterback. Yeah. So he signed with UCF. And, and so he went to school in Orlando. But now he's transferred to Boston College. And he didn't win the starting job coming out of camp in August. It's right. very similar to drones. You know, in, in fact, they both wear jersey number one, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very similar that both teams made a change of quarterback and instantly changed their fortunes. He always wanted to be a quarterback. But when you watch him play, you can see why a lot of ACC and SEC folks thought, mm, you're a tailback or a corner. And when you watch him run with the ball, you can see why. He's a really neat guy. I mean, I think everybody would take him on his team, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, he's one of those guys, like, if you asked Nick Saban, would you take him? He'd say, yeah, that's the kind of dude we want. Yeah, right. You know, he's, he's the best athlete on his high school team from Georgia. He's a winning player. He's great. He's athletic. But most people didn't see him as a quarterback. And, that, you know, Penn State did that all the time. They would recruit all these high school quarterbacks and then move them to safety. <laughs> right, right. right? <laughs> and, and, and Norvell shot straight. He said, if you come to Florida State, you're not going to be a quarterback for us. But he's a QB in the league now. He's a QB in the ACC for Boston College. And so when he gets out there, you'll see him on Saturday. He's a handful. And you had a great uh, note about this series, man. This is a great stat about we think about Virginia Tech playing BC a lot, and I guess you uh, figured out it's true, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was doing all the homework for the game. This will be the 32nd time that Virginia Tech has played Boston College since 1993. Wow. By the way, it was 30 years ago this week, November of 1993, that the Hokies went to BC for the first time. We'd never played it before. 30 years ago this week. And they were annual rivals in the Big East. They were annual rivals in the ACC, right? That was our crossover opponent. And then they played twice in the ACC championship game. Right. So that's how you end up playing the same team <laughs> 32 times in 30 years. Hokies have played BC more than UVA. Crazy. Over three decades. College football playoff came out again yesterday. Same four teams. What do you think about the list? Ohio State, Georgia number two, Michigan number three, Florida State fourth. 
And if they, if, if the Knolls finish and run the table, they'll get in. Georgia, same story. The question is, what happens to the Ohio State and Michigan loser? Yes, and Washington if they can win out too. And if Washington's undefeated, yeah. There's going to be a bunch of one-loss teams. I mean, we're going to hear from Coach Saban again coming up. <laughs> yep. Texas right. has that win at Alabama. Keep that in the back of your mind. If, if there's a one-loss team, Texas probably has the best uh, tiebreaker, don't you think? Oh, there's no doubt. A win at Alabama? No question about it, because nobody else is going to do that in all likelihood. Yeah. There's going to be some fireworks down the stretch. Yeah. So but, you cool. know, don't, don't overlook before we look at Ohio State and Michigan, because I know everyone was just thinking, well, they're going to play each other. Ohio State goes to Penn State this week. That's right. I'm sorry, that's wrong. Michigan. Michigan. Michigan is at Penn State that's right. this week. That could happen. Because everything going on around Jim Harbaugh's program, absolutely it could. I can't wait for the 12-team playoff. And uh, before we head out, uh, lots of firings this week. Uh, High-profile firings at USC and Colorado. I thought that one of the most interesting things that happened in our college football season to date nationally was this week. Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator at USC, and Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator up at Colorado, were both removed. And David Hale of ESPN had a great point on this. He said they were both victims of the portal. That it's hard to build a team from the portal, but it's easy to use it for pig lipstick for your team. And what David wrote is that the portal is full of players that will help your fantasy team and look good, but there are very few impact defensive linemen or impact offensive linemen in the portal. So you see guys like Travis Hunter go to Colorado or Caleb Williams to SC, and the fans think, all right, we've invested all this money. We're going to win the national championship. Well, what happens when you don't win? What happens when USC can't stop anybody on defense? Anybody, yeah. And they're going, but we hired Oklahoma's coach, and in essence, hired Oklahoma's quarterback to win the national championship. We're not winning. Someone has to get fired. And I think that, you know, we look at everything through a tech perspective, right? And you can see why... Coach Pry and this administration's goal of building relationships with high school coaches and recruiting in a geographic footprint that makes sense and being exceptional in evaluation and player development and having an aggressive, creative, and smart NIL strategy. But at the end of the day, Pry and this team and this program, they value culture over C-notes. And that even if you spend as much money as possible to hire Oklahoma's coach and quarterback and staff, right, you don't have the whole infrastructure to build a sustainable, built-the-last team. And I think we're seeing exactly the, the fallout is Alex Grinch and Sean Lewis. Someone has to take the fall. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They had to do something, and uh, SC's defense is just embarrassing, no question about it. We have the SMA update coming up, plus the Baker team game of the week. It's always interesting to see which uh, decision comes out of that. And then Bill's NRV Heart Clinic top three. That's always fun. You're going to enjoy this one today. 
We're visiting with the voice of Virginia Tech football, the Roth Report, here on BDST. More coming up. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg and has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Avellino's and Bull and Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. And True Value Hardware for your home improvement projects. Visit First in Maine today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. This is Louise Baker with the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster Realtors. This is Rick Watson, the voice of the Radford Highlanders and the host of Big Dog Sports Talk. And this is the Hokies' Bill Roth with the Wednesday Morning Roth Report. Football season is almost here, and we are super excited with the start of the new Virginia Tech football season. Join us for the Roth Report on Wednesday, November 15th, as we give away two tickets to the Hokies' ACC Clash against NC State. This year, we have a prize package to go along with the tickets, T-shirts, caps, and lots more fun. There will be three chances to win football tickets and a prize package. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk for more details. Louise, Bill, and Rick, your sports connection for the New River Valley. Our favorite phrases, go Hokies and go Highlanders. From the classroom, to the studio, to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech's sports media and analytics program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. And we do welcome you back here on BDST. It's the Roth Report, getting an update on the SMA. We're going to be, of course, uh, utilizing one of the youngsters from Bill's SMA program this Friday covering a volleyball force. Braden's going to come down, and we're looking forward to that, Bill. Those guys are great. All I'm like, thank you. Yeah, Braden, Braden and Tyler coming over. Braden is a freshman in our program. He's from uh, Connecticut, and we got word of him oh, a little less than a, well, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's this high school senior, and he liked tech, and we convinced him to come down with his mom and dad for a visit. Once we get him, I sound like a coach, right? Once we <laughs> yeah, get him on, on campus. campus. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but you'll you'll enjoy meeting him. You're going to hear Braden's name a bunch over the next couple of years. Good, good. But today in our uh, in in our intro to sports media class, we're focusing on esports, and I've had to educate myself on this a lot and do a lot of reading because uh, the global esports market last year, Rick, was at a billion and a half dollars, mm-hmm. and they say by 2030. It'll be nearly $7 billion globally. And, and why is that? You know, I don't play a lot of these games, right? I'm not into the esports, so to speak. But game streaming is gaining immense traction among kids and young adults because there's so much easier access to the Internet. It, it's cheaper. It's safer for parents to tell their kids to compete in that and, and whatnot. And as a result, a lot of companies are increasing their investment in gaming companies. And so the money is pouring into esports. And we have to learn about it and how it, it works. You know, Syracuse next year is going to offer its first of its kind degree, an esports program. And it's going to talk about uh, media and design and esports communication and business management. You don't study how to play the game, right? You right. study how to yeah. tap into these billions of dollars. And, and Syracuse is going to have a, you can major in esports at Syracuse. You're not touching a gaming console as you make this academic progress through the program but you understand 
how it's exploding globally. In, in you know, it's it's funny. It was what three years ago where the the national esports competition was held up in Queens at the U.S. Open Tennis Center. Yeah, yeah. And the the winner of that event won more money than the U.S. Open Men's Tennis Champion. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So we see where it's going, and it's important to understand it. So that's what we're doing in class today. We're really focusing on how esports works, why it's popular. And, of course, the students in the class think, I'm a dummy. Like, of course, we'd rather <laughs> play esports than watch real sports. <laughs> right. <laughs> if yeah. we're going to sit around, yeah. at least let us be controlling the action, mm-hmm. not just sitting in the stands Watching a three-hour baseball game. Yeah. Like, that's right. their mindset right mm-hmm. now. It is. It is. All right. So, Baker team game of the week. This time of year, it's always difficult. So many things, especially during crossover. Crazy. Oh, yeah. my goodness. There's so many good things happening. Um, I think I'm going to go with that Michigan at Penn State game in the Big Ten. Yeah. it's a good call. Ole Miss plays Georgia. You know, they're both in the rank, ranked in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw Lane Kiffin's press conference yesterday, the Ole Miss coach. He said, uh, we're playing Georgia, number one team. On the road, at night, they haven't lost a game in four years at home, and the coach that beat them is now on Georgia's staff, so I can't even talk to him. <laughs> he was joking. Uh, you know, don't. It's good stuff. Don't don't fall for Kiffin. He 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 loves these. He does. Environments. He does. He really and does. He's going to play the aw shucks, woe is me card all the way in and out of Athens on Saturday. Uh, you know, eventually someone is going to beat Georgia on the road. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it'll happen. Someone's going to beat them. Yeah, it'll happen. And it could be this week. Ole Miss is ranked ninth. Yeah, they're good. Fun game, man. But he's making it sound like he's taking like the little engine that could over. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So Ole Miss George is a game to watch. But I'm going with the Penn State Michigan game. I think that they. Uh, there's a lot of turmoil around Michigan right now. Right. And, and this could be a big win for Coach Franklin. Agree, agree. All right, time now for Bill's NRV Heart Clinic Top 3. Are you ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bill's Top 3. Now back to Rick Watson. Oh, Tech fans going to love this one. This is a great top one. Top 3 games slash top 3 plays ever against Boston College. This is good. And we've played a lot, right? We've played them 32 <laughs> times. Right, yeah, we, just, we just learned that from you. <laughs> huh. This is going to be good. All right. Where are we here? Number My three. top three Virginia Tech-Boston College plays of all time. Okay. Number three, 2007, Jacksonville. The Hokie Xavier Adibi intercepts a Matt Ryan pass and returns it for a touchdown in the ACC championship game final minutes to send the Hokies to the Orange Bowl. That was huge because Ryan was on the move. BC was going for the winning score. And there was a tip, deflection, and a DB ran it back, and he kept on running. He ran through the end zone, and he jumped into the stands where all the Hokie fans were. (laughs) And that's number three. So, there you go. Number two. We're going back to 1999. The Hokies were playing Boston College at home and needed to win the game to clinch a spot in the BCS championship game against Florida State. And Colin Hawkins, Virginia Tech fullback, made a touchdown catch in the end zone. Uh, with his back to the ground, falling down, caught it, and the Hokies beat BC and went on to finish that season, as we know, undefeated, and then would go on to beat Florida State. 
but it was the Hawkins catch that clinched that game. And if you recall the front page of the Roanoke Times the next day, which is hung in restaurants all over all over the place. If you go to Mockadoo's, you'll see Cullen's picture. He's on his back, and the headline says, Perfect, and that's Cullen's touchdown catch against BC. Gotcha. God, very cool. Very cool. Kind of an underrated play. Yeah, yeah. And my number one Virginia Tech-Boston College play of all time. I should get the audio and play it here. I, I didn't think about that till just now. In 2000, at BC, Mike Vick's 82-yard spinorama touchdown. Oh, run. yeah, yeah. I think all 11 Boston College players had a shot to get him. <laughs> a couple of them had a chance to get him twice. <laughs> and he zigged and no he go. zagged. And he <laughs> right. spun and he cut and he juked and he jived and then he spun again. And no one got him on the ground until his teammates mobbed him in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Remember that play vividly. They show it a lot still, and they should, as they should. Yeah. You know, it's funny that who knew that we would be playing BC so much? I know. I, I didn't realize that was an incredible stat. Had I knew they'd played a lot, but I didn't know it was the most. That, that's incredible. You start times. tapping your toe to the BC fight song. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. I know that song. Hey, we yeah, we play times. those guys all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, when, when the Big East was formed, I, I, I think folks thought, well, we'll play Miami the most, right? Or West Virginia. Or, you know, teams that we had played. And now here we are, 30 years, might be 30 years to the date. It might have been November 8th. It was, it, was, it was this week. It was either November 6th, 7th, or 8th, 1993, that we played for the first time. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, enjoy the chowder this weekend in Chestnut Hill. I know you will. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Be safe. Right. Always good to visit with you, my man. You as well, brother. Thanks, man. There you go. That's uh, Bill Roth and the Roth Report. Great stuff, as always. Be sure to tune in. 10 o'clock, they'll be on the air. 10 o'clock. 12 noon kick from BC. We're back. David Teal joins us next. This is Louise Baker with the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster Realtors. This is Rick Watson, the voice of the Radford Highlanders and the host of Big Dog Sports Talk. And this is the Hokies' Bill Roth with the Wednesday morning Roth Report. Football season is almost here, and we are super excited with the start of the new Virginia Tech football season. Join us for the Roth Report on Wednesday, November 15th, as we give away two tickets to the Hokies' ACC Clash against NC State. This year, we have a prize package to go along with the tickets, T-shirts, caps and lots more fun there will be three chances to win football tickets and a prize package listen to big dog sports talk for more details louise bill and rick your sports connection for the new river valley our favorite phrases go hokies and go hollanders First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg and has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Avellino's and Bull and Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling at True Value Hardware for your home improvement projects. Visit First in Maine today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. 